Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage, and we're throwing back the clocks today. We got uh, daylight savings time today, so we're firing this one up early, Coach Manch. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. I did a little one hour extra sleep. We're ready to go. It's bright and early on our part, and that's the way we like it. We're morning people, and let's get this thing going. Absolutely. Well, we got a great format today. Um, as I was, it was as I was driving to uh, Monmouth yesterday to watch the Red Hawks play. Um, threw up a little a little Q and A opportunity for for some of the people that follow me and some of our listeners, and we got we got a lot of questions, Dean. We narrowed it down to three, but we'll hit on, hit on some more in the next coming weeks. And we've done this format before; it's been very popular. And so we're going to do a, a three question Q and A for the podcast today. Um, moving forward. But before we get to that, Dino, um, some great, great uh, football this weekend. You had state volleyball just finished up. Um, a lot of great things going on in the state of Wisconsin right now. Well, first of all, Brian, I'd like to thank you. We were down and playing against Wanakee football on Friday night. We know how Friday weather was. It was it was terrible weather all over the state of Wisconsin. But um, I had a great finally found the opportunity to uh, visit your Wanakee location, your sports advantage, and, and just uh, very well kept up, just super clean. There was kids in there working on a Friday at after 5 o'clock. So I was uh, very impressed. And, again, thanks for the hospitality. One of your sport strength coaches was in there, and his name is Grant, and I know he's doing a great job there. And those kids in there were working out extremely hard. You could tell they were very coachable, and we just – Really enjoyed the hospitality, and I know obviously you couldn't be there because your son had foot surgery, yep. and unfortunately broke his broke his foot there. But um, just having that opportunity to go in there and visit, and, and again talk to your strength coaches and all of your facilities has been beneficial big time for myself. You know the whole Kimberly program, Coach Mangan, Coach Hardy, and uh, always continue learning. and I, And I appreciate you. I know you had a post out there. And I appreciate that. And, you know, that goes likewise that, you know, it's you're constantly learning and, and just doing this podcast has been an unbelievable continuing education experience for both of us. And I really love these question and answers. And uh, it's been a great, great situation. And I know you with that long drive to Monmouth, you know, your team ripping Red Hawks with your son, Cam, playing on the offensive line was in a very, very big game. I know. Yeah. You were undefeated going into that game. So my situation, when I was talking to you, I know you said Cam was very, you know, I wouldn't say depressed, but very, you know, upset. Obviously, every athlete wants to win, and we're getting to that time of the year and postseason in all sports that eventually the season is going to end. And right. there's always going to be one team that's going to be a champion. But I know Cam was very upset. What do you say to him after the game? Because you're there to support him. It was a long drive. What was that four close to a four hour drive? Three and a half, three and a half hours. Yep. Three and a half hours. So, you know, put your first, put your parent cap on. And I know that'll translate to the coaching cap as well. But, you know, there's a lot of parent listeners out there, Brian. So, what get your edge advice did you give to your son? Well, I mean, in, in scenarios like that, I think it, it, it becomes more and more. Uh, impactful what you say right the better better the kids are playing and the better your team is um, the more every game means and you know for me win or lose uh, the first thing that I've learned to say to my kids is man I'm so proud of you or wow I really love love watching you play um, no matter how good they play or no matter how bad they play um, because there's been a lot of good games in the bot family house and there's there's been some some really bad ones um so as a parent um you know the first thing i always tell the kids is is i, I really love watching you play um and the second thing is this is i never let my kids make excuses um i don't want to hear you know about a bad call i don't want to hear about a a teammate that may have dropped a ball I don't want to hear about a, a missed block, uh, uh, the wind, you know, it was a 40 mile an hour wind yesterday. I don't, everybody has that. No built-ins, right, Dean? We talk about that all the time. And as a parent, that's one of the hardest things, jobs, I believe we have, because we live in a society where um, failure is looked at as the ultimate evil in the world. And 
Um, to be honest with you, you, you play a game, one team wins, one team loses. And that's a, that's the, the facts. And, and usually the other team <clears throat> makes less mistakes. And that was the facts yesterday. You know, we turned the ball over too much. Uh, we had more penalties and we had a couple of mishaps on special teams. And I've talked about this since the football season started. You make those mistakes and get beat. Um, from a coaching standpoint and a parent standpoint, um, I may be a little different, but I tell them to hurt. I tell them you should hurt. This should hurt because it means so much to you. You know, you've put so much of your life into, um, you know, your sports, developing yourself in the weight room, the hours that you've spent. And the better that your team is, the more it's going to hurt um, when either the season ends, which as we know in, in the state of Wisconsin, half the teams that were still alive, their season ended on Friday and Saturday. And so, um, but I view it the same as a win, Dean, right? You, you know, you win a big game, you want to celebrate, but you want to get that out in 24 hours. You get 24 hours to feel good about yourself. Um, you heard Brian Kelly say that last night after they beat, you know, LSU beat Alabama. You have 24 hours and that's the same message I sent to my son yesterday. You have, you know, you can hurt as much as you can these next 24 hours, but you got senior day coming up. You have an opportunity to impress, you know, whoever it is to impress to get an at-large bid. If you get a chance to get an at-large bid and you need to finish strong. And in situations like this, um, you can never let that team beat you twice. And what I mean by beating you twice is hanging your head the whole week, pouting, feeling sorry for yourself. Um, at the end of the day, you didn't get the job done. Now it's time to move on. And it's one of the greatest that's why we believe sports is the greatest teacher of life lessons because we're going to fail in our jobs. As we get older, we're going to make mistakes. You may get fired at some point. Um, if you sit there and pout and sulk, you're never going to move on to the next thing in your life. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of tears, um, you know, there, um, he's developed into an incredible leader, uh, with him and some of the other kids that he came in with. But at the end of the day, you know, we got senior day coming up. We had an incredible season, uh, very proud of the kids, the way, you know, they competed. Um, they're kind of like the old Browns, you know, the kind of the cardiac kids, you know, they, it was, it was really fun yesterday. Dean, we were down by two touchdowns with like six minutes left. And the feeling in the stands from the parents is like, well, you know, we've been here before. Here we go. It's kind of right where we want to be, you know? So that's kind of the messages I sent to them. And, you know, at the end of the day, you give them a hug, you love them and um, you know, you continue to support them. Brian, that's incredible advice. I'll tell you, any of our listeners out there that have kids, and no matter what sports you're doing, in, in anything, too, any co-curricular activities, that is just um, unbelievable get-your-edge advice. What I've found out as well is it is going to really hurt emotional kids more. They're going to show it. And then invested kids, Brian. Yes. And it's the same thing with parents that are invested. Right, Their parents got a lot of time in helping their Son and daughters, you know, become the best version of themselves. Coaches, I know coaches that take losses extremely, extremely hard because of the time that they put in. And, you know, that is so important for parents to understand that, you know, everyone wants to win. And when parents, some of the stuff that, you know, my wife has heard over the years being in the stands and we've had yeah. lots of success and, it, you know, it doesn't matter, but what level you are at, you know, people are going to get criticized and, and believe me, parents, it's, it's very, you can be very emotional in those situations and play the blame game, but well, you have to look at the big pictures. And just like you said, you know, athletics teaches you so much and don't focus on the negative or the one loss or, you know, the one pl uh, play where your son or daughter messes up. You have to look at all of the positive things and how that's going to carry over to their life after they're done playing athletics and that when you have the more invested that you have as a parent athlete coach the harder it is going to hurt yeah but you have to move on and don't let it affect the next game your off season the next season the next play whatever that situation is you got to move on right and you see um, a lot of times kids, you know, when they lose, they have destructive behavior, you know, the night after the game or, or things like that, they go out and do things out of character and, you know, things like that. And so you, you, you have to realize that, you know, athletics is teaching you so much more than the wins and losses. 
And, you know, I know from, from my son's standpoint, I, I go back to Cam, the experience that he's had at, at, at Ripon. Um, you know, for those of you that are getting, re- and this is, I'm going to put my recruiting hat on. Um, if you're getting re- recruited to go play football at Ripon, you should take a, a, or go to school at Ripon, you should take a strong look at it because the community is awesome. Um, it's done way more for my son than, than just the football aspect of it. Um, incredible leaders there, incredible family group. Um, you know, and, and I don't see Cam Bott on Mel Kuyper's big board. So, you know, his football career is coming to an end. Um, but the lessons that he's learned, uh, playing college football and, and playing sports in general, all three of my kids, um, you know, Carson, like you said, is, is going through it right now. He's, he's got a huge setback. Um, but I, I you know, I give him credit because, you know, and I, you know, it's my podcast. So I'm going to say whatever the hell I want about my kids. Um, you know, I mean, fractured his ankle midway through the first quarter, right at the beginning of the second quarter and played on it for another two quarters um, because he didn't know any better. He didn't know that, you know, that, that you don't give everything you can, you know, he, all he knows is just to be out there for his teammates and to be back out there. And so, um, you know, I never thought my third son would be the one to have surgery or anything like that, but I, I give him so much credit for, um, being able to fight through that and, and being a great teammate, you know, he's definitely not the best player on the team, but, um, he's a part of the team and he did his part to do everything he could. Um, and you know, that that's the way it's supposed to be, you know, you fight until you can't fight anymore, you know, type of thing. So Doug, let's get going with these questions here. You know, we got, we got a long day ahead of us. I know you guys got to get in the weight room and, and there's a lot of other schools that should be in the weight room as well today, just so you know, um, so um let's get on this all right question one dean that we got off uh instagram how do you and this is a great this is a great question because we get this all the time dino how do you evaluate the success of your strength program from year to year so i'm gonna let you go at it first and then i'll touch base on it too because i think we got the same same answers here but maybe coming from a different perspective yeah that's awesome first of all you have to evaluate constantly you know, throughout the whole year, it's not like you're going to wait till the end of the year. You know, we're we're evaluating every workout, to be honest. But when you look at the big picture and you look at the year to year, we're number one, we're always looking at, you know, what were our injuries, what body parts, body areas, for example, shoulders, knees, you know, where are the injuries occurring? And then what can we do as a strength and conditioning staff to try to prevent these injuries? Because we know we can't prevent every injury. It's just not going to happen. But what can we do to try to lessen the chance of those injuries? And we know some sports are more contact than others. And we understand that injuries are part of playing athletics. But what can we do to lessen those injuries? Two, hey, they've got to get some results. You know, right. what are you what is the athlete trying to get out of the program? And you know, are you trying to jump higher? Are you trying to run faster? Are you trying to gain weight? You want your, obviously your lifts to go up. You want, you want those movement patterns to be smoother and you want to be able to control the weight from an eccentric standpoint and then move it from a concentric standpoint as fast as you can. So how is it going to translate to athletic performance? You know, the big thing is when we talk strength training, it's a program. There's a method to the madness, Brian. And it's not just say we're getting a workout in. We're sweating and, oh, boy, I just feel crushed. Oh, that was a great workout. You know, I was sore for four days afterwards. Well, that's not what we want in a strength program. Right. It's all about numbers going up, measurables. Are they getting strong? Because you got to be strong first to be explosive. And then just kind of tweaking that workout because you have to have a program for all. But then finding out, hey, what does this individual athlete have to do? Do they have to cut weight because they have too much excess body fat? Are they trying to gain weight for their sport? Do they have to be in a weight class, for example, like wrestling, where they have to be in certain numbers body weight, and yet their relative body strength's got to get a lot stronger? So, uh, you know, are they staying that weight, but are they getting stronger and are they performing better? Are they in a situation where they need more posterior chain work because they have a muscle imbalance or too quad dominant, for example. 
and maybe their hips are weak, their glutes are weak. So now their chance of an ACL injury or knee injury occurs. So those are all things we're working with. I know at my situation, I'm always talking to other coaches because we got more eyes in the weight room because of lots of individuals working out. So we're in a situation we're talking to the trainers, you know, finding out, you know, hey, what are you guys seeing in the training room with people? Are we getting a lot of kids with patellar tendonitis? And then you always have to look at the situation with every individual is, you know, are what are they all doing throughout the year? I mean, we are in a situation with youth athletics that if you're a multi-sport athlete, they're not getting many days off. So Correct. sometimes just, you know, getting to know that, building that relationship with that athlete, finding out, are they doing too much? And then educating them on making sure that now we really individualize that for that individual by telling them they got to do more mobility. Hey, maybe you got to back off more. Your nutrition's not on. You need to get more calories in because you're burning too many calories. And maybe your goal is to gain good lean muscle mass. So just having those conversations with all people in your organization, in your program, I think is really going to give you a good assessment if your strength program is working. Don't do a strength program because somebody else does this program. Some right. college does this program. Right. Copy paste. Something. Yes. Too many people are doing other people. Copy paste. Hey, they're doing it. You have to assess your strength program on your situation, your facilities, your athletes, your equipment, your numbers, and then make sure whatever you're doing, again, you, safety is first. Safety is first. If people are getting injured in your weight room, that is a definite red flag right, right there. Safety is always number one. Never sacrifice heavy weight for bad technique. So movement patterns, athletes got to be able to move and they have to be able to move properly and then assess that individual. If they're squatting and their knees are going in, and they're already a quad dominant individual and you allow that in your strength program, bad technique, all you're doing is increasing their chance of injury, the athlete's chance. So that needs to be corrected right away because what you tolerate, you encourage. And if Heard you it. tolerate bad technique, it. you are in trouble. And if you don't have a strength program where people are, are certified strength coaches and people that really have a passion to help your athletes, then you need to go to a situation in your program, your coaches, you need to get help. And I know that's what you guys do, Brian, with a lot of consultation of helping people with weight programs in their schools. And I think that is crucial. If what you don't know, reach out and get help. Right. I'm lucky to have you all the time. We talk to each other every day on program design and what we're seeing with athletes and in keeping up with the evolution of strength training. If you don't know something, don't guess, don't allow it to be done wrong. Get yourself some help, and that way the athletes are going to have much more benefit at your schools or at whatever situation that you are at. Right, and I think one of the one of the main misconceptions is that a quality strength program um, is directly correlated to wins and losses because it's not. Definitely um, not. Now, now, it, it should be correlated to improvement, right? Correct. A program, you know, a a you know, a sport program as a whole should be getting better because if the strength program is good, you're getting, you're, you're at least developing the kids into better athletes, which allows the coaches then to do their job and develop them into better sport players or sport athletes. Um, I would agree. Uh, we use, you know, injury prevention or injury statistics as a marker for the things that we may be missing in the program, right? You're not going to, you're not going to be able to prevent everything, but the goal should be to you know, the goal of the program should be to prevent all injuries. Now, are you going to be able to prevent a kid from stepping on a kid's foot? No. Are you going to be able to prevent a basketball kid from going for a layup and landing on a kid's foot? No. Um, but a lot, you know, the soft tissue injuries, overuse injuries, um, that falls, you know, into the strength coach's realm. It also falls into the sport coach's realm, right? If you're not communicating with your strength coaches and if you're not communicating with your sport coaches, on the volume of practice and the volume in the weight room, um, and you're just doing your own thing, 
uh, you're you're leaving it a little bit open for the opportunity for an injuries to occur with you know shin splints, hamstring strains, low back strains. I can tell you this, Odin. Kids in our gyms, we don't have low back strains because we do so many reverse hypers. We attack them. We don't have a lot of hamstring injury. I don't know if we have any because we do so much posterior chain work. We attack those areas relentlessly. Same with ACLs. Um, because again, we know that the hamstrings play a huge role in ACL injuries. Um, and the second thing that you touched on, I, I 100% agree with, uh, you got to have data, you, you know, you have to have data. Now is every kid going to, you know, are, are you going to get a six inch increase in vertical jump every year from every kid? Absolutely not. You know, you have genetic dispositions, you have all kinds of other things that play into it, but there should be a path of improvement. You know, sometimes you're going to see kids, and we see this in our gyms a lot, Dean. Sometimes you see their their speed numbers kind of go, they, they go up, they're getting better, they're getting faster, their jump numbers are getting better, but their strength is kind of, is kind of stuck a little bit, okay? Then you kind of see that speed and, and jump number stop, and then the strength numbers go up a little bit. So you have to, you have to see where the improvements are and continue then to tweak the program to hit all parameters for performance. Um, but those two, I think, are, are huge with it. Um, I, and I think the third thing is, is, a, is attendance. I mean, I, I mean, our kids wanting to come into your facility, our kids wanting to come into your weight rooms in the high school. I know this, our gyms right now are, are, our attendance is as high as I think they've ever been because I, you know, people are seeing the results that we're, that we're putting out there, not only um, individual from like a performance standpoint, but also the teams that we represent are getting better and they're having success. Um, you know, a school that we, that we represent, I mean, they sent a team to state in soccer for the first time ever. I believe they're two-time conference champions in football and they just won the conference championship in volleyball. Um, I mean, they're taking off because the buy-in is so big. So attendance is really important. And I think it's one of the most overlooked, um, values of success because kids should want to come into that area. Brian, that's a huge point. I mean, every year is our numbers just keep going up and up with individuals that, you know, want <clears throat> to be a part of the strength program. And like we talked about in previous podcasts, the, you know, the hub of your athletic program should be going through the weight room. Right. The weight room is going to give kids confidence and that more and more individuals participating in your strength program is going to you know, definitely correlate and, and help your athletic programs in your school. There's no doubt about it. All right, you know, next question. All right, question number two. All right, how do you prioritize feedback? All right, how do you prioritize your feedback from these different individuals, athletes, coaches, parents, athletic director, and sport coaches? I think we also want to throw the athletic trainer in there as well, right, Dino? Absolutely. Uh, you know, so how do you prioritize who you're getting feedback from? And, you know, how do you take that feedback? You can Brian, go on this one because this is actually a tough question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great question for yeah. sure. And number one is it's always starts with the athletes. They're always. the ones with the bar on their back. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're the ones that got to put the work in. I always mention the athletes, you know, when they think, you know, us coaches is, you know, appreciating us for helping them, it, they have to put the work in. I never lifted a weight for an individual or, or, or did a drill or, or did correctives or anything that helped those individuals get better. You know, it's the same thing with individuals that want to gain weight. You know, they have to put the correct food and the amount of food in order to do that and train hard. And it's hard work. Correct. A lot of people think it's simple. It is very difficult to put on lean muscle mass. It's easy to put on weight, but it, a lot of times it's going to be bad weight. But if you talk about really putting on lean muscle mass, it is hard work, especially for high school athletes that have high metabolisms at because of their age and how active they are. It is very, very difficult. And I don't think people understand that. And I know athletes don't understand the amount of good food and the hard work that they have to put in in order to achieve those. So athletes, number one, because so many athletes, every athlete's different, as we all know, they're multiple sport athletes, and they are going to continue to be very active, going to open gyms. They are going to, you know, be doing lots of different things. So you got to make sure 
that you communicate with those athletes. So number one, athletes. Number two, I always go to the coaches that are helping out in the weight room. You know, getting that feedback from other coaches as well. Because if you're in a weight room, you can only see so many individuals at one time. So as you have those, build those relationships one-on-one with those athletes, there's other coaches in there. Make sure you're getting the feedback from them as well. And that is very, very important when you talk about prioritizing. You got to meet with your staff. And that's the same thing with sport coaches. If you're a sport coach and you're not listening to your assistant coaches and you're trying to do everything yourself, I don't think it's a true program. You have to make sure everybody's involved. Everybody's got to do their job. The more people that are helping, the much better chance for success. After you talk about the coaches, you got to look at the sport coaches. So if you're a strength conditioning coach now, and now you have to talk to that sport coach because as you design programs, you have to work together. And we've mentioned that numerous times on the podcast previously, but what that coach is doing with them at practice is going to dictate your in-season training program, obviously. And what are they doing outside of practice? You have to be in the know, you know, for individuals that got a five basketball games on a Saturday, AU basketball games, and you're having a Friday workout. Well, you're going to have to adjust that workout a little bit for that individual. There's no doubt. If you don't, and I see too many sport coaches just think that strength conditioning coaches will just do their program thinking that that's all that individual is going to do for today. Well, that's not reality. Because kids are being put in all different situations. So you got to really know what they're doing. Some kids are doing double workouts. Right. And like in your situation, you know, they might be doing a workout at their school and then they're coming to your situation and getting some privatized to help in areas where they might be deficient in, which is going to obviously help them become better athletes. But you have to have that communication. After the sport coaches, you always have to find out through administration, through your athletic department, you know, what kind of feedback you're getting from them as well, because it's very important that you have to all work together and do what's best for that individual athlete. And then you got parents, you know, if you're trying to get an individual, for example, just to gain weight or to lose weight, you have to help educate that parent and what is going to help that individual reach that success a lot greater as well. We've had plenty of kids, you know, a lot of, especially boys population, love to lift weights and they get really strong, but they don't want to do what they're bad at or they're weak at or the deficient at, for example, and work on the flexibility, the mobility and that kind of stuff, the mobility. So there's a situation where, you know, we'll reach out to the parents and say, hey, you know, your son or daughter is plenty strong enough at this point. They really need to work on the mobility and the flexibility. So here's what you can do to improve that situation and getting a little bit extra, you know, push or motivation from the parent obviously is really good. I remember we've had athletes that have been recruited. So we've even gone to the extreme of college coaches helping and they've been recruited and that recruiter would say, well, you know what, they need to get bigger. They need to gain weight. And so that sometimes is a huge motivator and gives us great feedback and helping our athletes as well, Brian. Well, I think too, like the athletic trainers is a great, great resource as well. Um, you know, talking to them regarding, um, you know, injury status, things like that. But I, I 100% agree with you, Dean. The most important person to get feedback is the athlete. They're the one with the bar on their back. They're the one with the, that are running the sprints and, and coaches, we're out of the age of grinding kids through workouts. Okay. There, there's a fine line. There's a fine, I should say there's a fine line between that. Right. Um, and that comes back to probably one of the most important topics we've ever had, Dean is like knowing your athletes. So you can understand and take their feedback. You know, your kids that are there every day that work their tails off every day that have given so much to the program. If, if they're coming to you and saying, Hey coach, I'm not, you know, I'm sore. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm tired. You have to take that very seriously because for a kid who, who gives it, you know, who's 100%, 100% of the time and they're throwing red flags up, you better, you better listen to that. You know what I mean? Versus a kid that's there half the time. Um, you know, and then, you know, like you said, the coaches in your, in your weight room. So when we put it in our scenario, in the private scenario, um, you know, 
one of the things we like to do, Dean, is talk to some of the other athletes. So if I have, you know, one of my female volleyball players, you know, and, and, you know, she's doing this and that, and, you know, I talk to one of her teammates and they show either concern for her or bring up a red flag for her. You better listen to that too, because typically, you know, kids in, in most scenarios, kids want what's best for their friends and they want what's best for their team. So if they see red flags and they're talking to you and, and what's really cool, Dean, about being a strength and conditioning coach or a sports performance coach is we're really in the kid's trust tree. You know what I mean? They'll tell us things sometimes that they won't tell their parents or won't tell their, their coaches. And we have to take that feedback and run with it. And if it's something that's going to put a kid in danger, you always have to report that um, and things like that. But, you know, sport coaches, you, I think the main thing, you know, moving into those other areas for me um, and what I tell our staff is all feedback is good feedback, right? Because it allows you to think and process. You don't always have to, you know, do what the feedback is. You don't always have to act on it, but hearing, um, you know, maybe that a, a certain coach isn't holding up their end of the bargain, or maybe someone's unhappy with this. Everybody, you know, even in the high school, every, you know, your kids are your clients, essentially. You know what I mean? Your kids in the weight room are your clients. The kids that walk into our gym are our clients. So we have to listen to that. Now, do we always have to be like, okay, well, we have to make this adjustment here. No, you don't always have to make adjustments, but feedback is always good. It kind of re recenters you, puts you in a good spot. Um, listen to it, take inventory on it. I always tell our coaches too, you shouldn't always act on feedback immediately. You should listen to it. You should process it take the emotion out of the conversation because, you know, as you know, sometimes with administrators or for me, like I'm their boss, there, there can be some emotion in there. Um, on talking about some different things, talking with parents. We know that there's emotion there because that's their child and they want what's best for their child, whether, whether it's a misguided idea or not. So you have to take the feedback, take the emotion out of it, which means step away for a little bit and then really start to think about, Hey, is this something that I need to look at? And parents and athletes, this is a must, in my opinion. Make sure, don't, don't be one of the parents or athletes out there. Don't be the athlete that says, hey, I'm just going to go to the YMCA and, or I'm, I'm going to go to this fitness place on my own and, and, and get the lift in myself. It, it just doesn't work. And, and Brian, you made up a great point. Uh, when, you're, when you train with other individuals and you train with adults and you're consistent, you really get to develop those relationships and you really help motivate, educate. And if something is going on from a mental health standpoint, there is huge support there. And when you just do your own thing and I'm going to lift at home, I'm going to lift at a YMCA, I'm just going to lift and not be a part of something bigger. You don't have that support group and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I've seen it for 28 years now. It doesn't work. And the person becomes, either they quit their sport, they get out of it, or they start getting into negative situations that could have been prevented. So it's very important as parents, know where you're sending your individual to get great coaching, great advice, and uh, unbelievable support staff, because that is going to be the best thing for your individual. Don't try to do it alone. Do it with each other. Do it with people that are going to care about you and make sure they're lo looking out for your son or daughter. And the last thing, parents, and I, this is going to be a, a direct you know, message to you, stay off social media. If you have things that are concerning to you, if you have things that, you, you know, same with players and athletes, all right. The, the, the best way to not get a response from a coach or have them not take you seriously is to sideways them on social media. Okay. Because trust me, your coaches are following you. They know, they see that. So if you want to blast your coach, or if you want to blast something on social media, good luck. Okay. Good luck with that. Have the integrity, have the faith, to go in, sit down, have the face-to-face -face communication. Because at the end of the day, what's really hurting sports is social media sideways blasts at coaches, parents taking shots at, at a lot of different play calling, 
you know, it goes, it goes up and down, but strength coaches are, are in that mix too. Okay. Stay off social media with your concerns, with your feedback, positive or negative. You know, now if you want to send a message like, oh my gosh, my, my son respects this and does this, that's great. You know what I mean? Um, but, but make genuine efforts to give genuine feedback face-to-face -face or reaching out via a phone call, via email. Hey, I'd like to sit down. I got some thoughts. You know, I love that. I love it when parents send me a message, say, hey, I've got a couple thoughts. I'd love to meet with you. Great. And I always preface it back, Dean. I expect you to be fir firmly transparent, share everything. You know, I'm a big boy. You know, you're not going to hurt my feelings. But at the same time, I'm going to be 100% transparent with you. So you may hear some things that you don't want to hear about your athlete. You may hear some things that you don't want to hear about the way that you behave in the stands or the way that, that things are going on. So with these conversations, they have to be 100% transparent. If you have feedback, share it because that's the only way you get through a problem. All right, dog, question number three, and this is, this fits right into where we are here, right? It's, it's, it's championship time here in, 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 uh, in the fall sports and everything like that. Question three, the deeper you get into the playoffs slash bowl prep. So it's kind of hitting for both of us, right? What modifications do you make from a loading perspective with your athletes? Um, I'll say, you know, from a volume standpoint, we drop the volume out, right? What is volume? That's the amount of reps. Okay. So the, the volume should drop out in practice, right? Because you want kids rested, fresh, and healthy. Okay. The healthiest teams, the freshest teams um, typically win, you know, when it's, when it's even, right. Because they got more juice in the tank. All right. But from a volume standpoint, you got to get rid of all the extra volume, no conditioning. Like if your kids aren't in shape, like you've done something wrong over the last 12 weeks and chances are, if you're still playing, your kids are in pretty good shape. So you don't need to overly condition kids. Weight room should be meat and potatoes, right? And if you're, if you're a vegan, then it should be high octane vegetables, Okay, but but just, you know, just the, just the basic stuff really hammer. But what do you what are your thoughts? I, I think people know what my thoughts on load perspective are. But what are yours, Dino? Brian, same thing. You know, I learned this a long time ago when uh, I used to come down and watch you work in a, those uh, Wisconsin Badger linemen out, you know, late in it, late in the season. And, you know, talking to you and having those conversations, exactly what you just said. I mean, those are unbelievable points you got to. Shouldn't definitely not be doing any conditioning. Volume is, is way down. And you're trying to get those kids, what you know, in some sports they call it, you know, you're tapering them, but you want to get them fresher legs. You want them feeling good. Obviously, being healthy is number one. You, you definitely got to make sure they're healthy. But when you're designing a strength program and an in-season program, you really want them to be at their best and available during the, best, the most important times and that's postseason, no matter what sport it is. So they got to be available. They got to be healthy. That's key. Number one. So, you know, in a situation, for example, like football, you're modifying a lot of kids in season programs due to if, if they got some always, they got some injuries, you know, they got too many, you know, too many reps are getting banged up. I look at. From you just use the term always. 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 We, we use that one. Absolutely. But. You get those bumps and bruises, but you look at high school football right now, Brian, if you're going to get to that championship game, it's a 14 game season. Yeah, you know, what, what is sure. a college season? Is it 12 games right now? Yeah, is that 12? it's, it, it's, it's, uh, it's 12. And then if you play in a chain, if you play in a, like the big 10 championship, I believe it's 13 and then a bowl game is 14. So the high school kids are playing as much as the college kids. Absolutely. So right now, you know, going into, Level four, you're looking at thir the 13th game of the year right now. So it's a long season for athletes, and it's a long training season. And that's why we talked about in-season training before. If you haven't done any in-season training, and for your team and in, in your sports, you're doing a huge disservice. And we've said that over and over and over, but just think of that. You know, we're, we're going to the 13th game right now. So there is going to be situations in a contact sport that there's going to be wear and tear in the body. For sure. Just from all, all the repetitions out there. And 
So it's very important to make sure that they're available. And yet, you know, we got to make sure that them individuals are feeling good too. Because I'll tell you, it's great to be really strong right now at the end of your season because it gives you huge confidence in those big games when you know you have not regressed and you are maintaining almost all of what you came in in the season and some are getting much better if you're doing an in-season program the correct way. And I've always said that is a huge competitive advantage in postseason play. And I don't care what sport your son or daughter plays. That is huge. And then let's talk about the next case scenario. What if a fall sport athlete goes out for a winter sport? Now they have a big time get your edge advantage going into that sport because they continually, like you say, consistently train. And that is kind of the art of the weight program in season training is you have to be able to work around injuries. For example, somebody sprains their ankle. Well, you have to be creative in making sure that individual is still training. So they're not losing, you know, their strength and their power outputs. So great question. I hope everybody one is training. And I know some individuals, some sports are not training and geez, that's the reason why we do the podcast. Right. And two, don't be starting to do something very creative and changing everything up during this time. Cause you certainly don't want to put that added stress onto the athletes. And then three, make sure you don't stop doing everything. I've seen a lot of programs just do that. It's becoming a very important game. And you know what? We're not going to lift at all now. Well, what if you're in a postseason in your sport and it's, you know, two, three weeks, possibly longer. Now you're doing a huge disservice for those athletes as well, because injury prevention is going to go up and then their power output's going to go down. Right. And I think, um, Dean, you know, from a load perspective, you know, I mean, it's the, the loads on the bar, you know, or, or whatever you're choosing as your exercise, um, you know, and <laughs> I, we can bring this up a little bit. We don't have to talk about it too much, but you know, two teams that are playing this week. I mean, that's the philosophy. You know what I mean? Um, is that you train in season and your kids, you're, you're trying to get your kids stronger because like you said, it is, is an extra 20 pounds, you know, in season on a kid's squat going to make the difference between him being able to block a kid or not when he's squatting four or 500 pounds. No, it's probably not physically but in his mind it might and that was you know when we were at wisconsin you want to talk about a competitive advantage rolling into games in november when our kids are squatting what they squatted in august or more or benching you know what i mean knowing full well and then then of course you have you know the little bald guy with the goatee in their head saying everybody else ain't doing this you know everybody else is doing sets of eight Everybody else is just in there trying to feel good and we're stronger than we were when we started the season. When a kid takes the field or, you know, gets on the court, that's in their head. And from a mental standpoint, a lot of times mentally, that's going to give them the advantage they need on the field because they just feel like they've put in more time. And so there's huge advantages to doing that. Um, and one of the things we talk about, Dean, is auto-regulating. Like you said, you know, knowing your kids. And it comes back to knowing your kids. You have to know your kids. If the kids feel good and they want to go, you got to let them go. You know, and I think one of the one of the things that we talk about is, hey, you know, and we talk about this with the conjugate method, year-round. Leave a rep in the tank. You know, hit a PR and then get out. If you hit a PR in season, you should get out of the rack or out of, immediately. And you should feel good about that. Okay, because not many people are hitting PRs. If you hit a five-pound PR in season, get rack the bar, go on to your next thing. You know, coaches, you should be encouraging that. Take your ego out of it. Like, oh, we can get maybe 10 more pounds. An extra 10 pounds ain't going to matter. If a kid hits a PR, get him out of the rack and move to the next thing. And coaches, we're going to start moving into winter sporting seasons. Understand, for example, and I'll just use basketball. Basketball is a long season. You know, the winter sporting season at least in the state of Wisconsin, seems to be the longest season. Yeah. Sure. You know, I know everybody's excited for that first day of practice and it's go, go, go. But, you know, old school thinking is condition, condition, two-a-days, crush the kids. They're going to be so sore. You have to be careful. 
doing that. Make sure you understand that too much, too soon is it's not a punishment. You have to do what's smart for your team and for your individuals. I've seen this mistake done way, way too many times is they try to make the first week of practice like crazy difficult and run the athletes right into the ground. And to me, that is a recipe for disaster. It should be a ton of teaching, in my opinion, and gradually get them used to the setup, get them in better shape and continually go that way. It's just like in a weight room. You don't just all of a sudden change weights to huge differences from week to week. It's right. got to be a gradual process. Otherwise, too big of changes that can lead to injuries. So same thing with sport coaches as well. In the weight room, if you're killing them in the weight room, strength coaches, and you're killing them in the first week of practice, now it's a double whammy. Those individuals are going to wear down. They're going to fatigue. They're going to crush your central nervous system. And worst case scenarios, they're going to get hurt. Right. And I think, you know, I think the term crushing them is probably what you're looking for there, right? You're crushing yes. them. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, um, when you look at the recovery process, um, and we're going to go into this real quick, like if you, if you knock, like if a kid starts, they start practice at hundred percent, let's say the first day, right. And you absolutely run them into the ground for the first two or three days. And they're down to like, now they're down to about 88% of what they, you know, their capacity is. Okay. They don't automatically go back to a hundred. It's not like your body doesn't reset the next day. All right. It takes time to recover. So if you keep beating them down farther and farther, they're going to recover a little bit back, but then you beat them down farther and farther. So now you know, you get to a point where after the first week of practice, they're only at like 84% of their normal capacity. Well, you're wondering why they're getting cramps, why they're pulling hamstrings, why they're doing this. You, you've completely destroyed their body um, from all the work that they've put in because you want to get them in shape. Kids are in shape. Okay. Kids are playing all the time. Um, you know, focus on skill, focus on getting them better, focus on the technique in the weight room and let's roll from there. Well, go ahead, dog. Last one, Brian. I know we're transitioning and some, some sports seasons go longer and those sport coaches, for example, in winter, maybe, maybe panic. I've seen this happen. You know, it happens every sporting season, but understand if an individual, for example, I'll just use this example. And there's many that you can do in all the sports, but a football player goes long in their season and it might overlap with the beginning of basketball practice. Basketball yeah. coaches understand Be that smart. just had an incredibly long season and a couple days off or a couple days of treating those individuals a little bit different is going to set them up for much better success. Don't say, oh boy, they come in here. You know what? They're not going to be in great basketball shape right away. Because like we've said it before, the only way you get in basketball shape is to play the game or any sport. So don't say, oh, my God, they're in bad basketball shape right now and run, 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 run. A person that's just had an athlete that just had an incredibly long season and their, their bodies are beat up. Make sure to do it in an intelligent way. Communicate with that athlete. And you know what? Some athletes need a little bit more time off. Some don't. But understand the, not only the physical part of it, but the mental part of it as well. Because I think sometimes we can't treat every athlete the same. So have that communication, have that dialogue. And you know what? Utilize that person's post-season success individually and a team to help your next your sport now that they're going into as a competitive advantage because they played in big games. And they know what it takes in order to win big games or be in those situations. So utilize that as a strength, coaches. I know, and I've been there before too, you think, oh boy, we're behind. You know, we're, we're behind. These, these individuals aren't in basketball shape yet or whatever, or track shape if they had a long basketball season. But understand do what's best for the athlete. That's hard as a coach. I've been there. Correct. You think catch up, catch up, catch up. We got to go. We got to go. We got a game already, or the individual even maybe missed a game or a scrimmage. Understand you got to play the long ball approach. Yeah. yeah. Well, Dino, I thought this was a great episode. I, I think, you know, we got a lot of information out. We appreciate the questions coming in. We got a few more that 
you want to throw in there for the for the next time we do Q and A. Um, but if you have any questions for either of us, uh, send them our way. We'll try and get them answered on the podcast. Um, again, you know, trying to provide as much information for our coaches and, and athletes and parents that we can. Um, Dino, you got anything else before we, we lock up here? Good, you know, good luck to you guys this this Friday. I know it's kind of a All the kind, team. Of, kind of a head to head battle here for you and I here, but you know, good luck. <laughs> yes, appreciate that. <laughs> Um, yeah, that'll be, that'll be a fun one to watch. Um, and just all the teams, you know, and congratulations to all the state champions of volleyball, you know, the other night and some of the other, you know, um, state champion, uh, soccer, you know, teams finished up this week. So, um, those Badgers got it rolling a little bit too, huh? Yes, they do. Jimmy just a little bit. doing a great job and, you know, kudos to those athletes for just yes. in difficult times. I think yeah. that is overlooked many times. Yeah. Brian is, you know, everything's being talking about coaches and all this, but let's understand, you know, big picture is the athletes. Yeah, exactly. Comes down to that. So athletes, yeah. kudos, because we've had a lot of Badger, you know, ex-players be in situations like that as our guests, and they talk about how important that is. But I always say athletes, athletes win games. Yep. Coaches are there to guide. You know, great teams are athlete-led, student-led, understand that coaches are all trying to do their best job but athletes you make the difference you got to police your teams you got to lead your teams and you got to do it in a positive in the correct way well that's awesome dean so in conclusion obviously uh evaluate your strength program using data um understand what injuries play a role in it um and make sure that you're constantly evaluating your program all right always looking to get a little bit better all right take feedback uh from whoever it comes from um, know where it's coming from and how to evaluate it. it remove your emotion from it and really listen uh, and see how you, again, see how you can make your program better with the feedback you get. And then question three, baby, get rid of the volume and load them up, get them strong, keep them strong um, and finish the season strong. All right. That ends it for this episode of get your edge podcast. We will see you next time. Chop it.